Welcome to Adventures in Awakening. I'm your host, Amber. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, I have on the lovely Stacey Nunny. She's the owner of Blue Moon Yoga Studio in Strongsville, Ohio, and she also specializes in Ayurveda. Welcome, Stacey, to the podcast today. Thank you. You're also special. You're a Reiki man. You're a Reiki. You offer so much. Yeah, I love it. Um, one of my other teachers in the studio um, offers Reiki. I'm not a Reiki practitioner, um, but oh, I do okay. a lot of energy work through the chakras. I've definitely studied that probably just as long as meditation. Um, I started in my late teens meditating and doing energy work without kind of knowing it was the chakras. It was kind of more intuitive for sure. Um, but I would definitely feel off of people certain things when I was younger. So I felt for me to channel a lot of information that was being provided to me, whether I wanted it or not, I knew that meditation was probably where I needed to start. Um, so through the process of opening the studio, um, going into our end of our seventh year, um, I definitely felt the urge and the pull first to meditation before even the physical practice of yoga. But yes, we do offer quite a bit of different arrays of yoga at the studio, as well as Reiki, chakra work, private yoga, Ayurveda, um, and a, a traditional vinyasa style um, classes with a mix of nidra, as well as um, gentle yoga and restorative. Do you still meditate, have a regular me meditation practice? I do. I find that it's in a way different form than when I started before. It was like, take a seat, try to clear your mind kind of thing. Now I find it in activities um, like today, just walking my dog. I find it, you know, looking up more, um, counting steps. So I try to incorporate it more throughout my day so it doesn't feel like a task um, uh -huh. where I have to sit. But there are plenty of times where I, I do take a seat. I think that's important for the mental clarity um, versus the activity doing it meditatively. Um, but I definitely would say I'm, I incorporate it in different ways, um, folding laundry, taking the dog for a walk, humming, like there's different forms in which that I have found ways to feel that soothing clarity versus just taking a seat. We do offer a lot of meditation, though, in the studio, and I find it fundamentally important, especially at the end of a class, to offer even a five-minute meditation guided or silent for people because it truly is beneficial for the mind, body, and spirit. Oh, I, I'm a huge meditator. Yes. Um, I love it. Like, I could lose myself for a good hour. Good. And yeah. it's like, it feels you know, amazing. You know yes. how they're, like, the, the sense of, um, how your eyes feel different, your senses feel different after meditating. I don't know if you ever feel that way, but like there's a, not like a, a gloss over the body, but there is kind of like that veil that's, uh -huh. yeah. And it feels, um, you know, you've gone to a different place that, it, that inner work that we do, you get to kind of settle into that versus the exterior of our day-to-day -day lives. Absolutely. I always tell my husband and kids, if I didn't have you guys, I would be off in a mountain alone <laughs> meditating because it's my happy place. Yes. It's funny how family will ground you into the human form every day. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to begin just by asking you kind of how, you know, your awakening story, what landed you where you are today, owning a yoga studio and, you know, tapping into Ayurveda um, do you mind sharing a little bit of your story? Sure. Um, well, my husband and I have lived in Strongsville now for over 15 years. We met when I was pretty young. We've known each other since I was 16, but really started dating in our early, late teens, early 20s. Um, so I think when I, when I go back to childhood experiences and the healing process, um, it started to take place in the early, early teens. Um, you know, I, like I said, um, visions, um, feeling energy off of people, um, coming into a meditation practice, um, and just finding that purpose within um, joyful states, uh, feeling love for myself, um, being able to find clarity. Um, 
and, and giving myself uh, a realm to heal from anything that had experienced in life. So when I first started in what you would call, you know, yoga, it did start with meditation. It started with slowing down, honoring myself, being like very close with nature and just finding that passion or that energy within myself first. So I don't have like this, like truly um, magical experience that just kind of landed. I, I intuitively knew that things that I was feeling as a child or coming across people and feeling their energies, that there was something there. So I tuned in and I really listened carefully to a lot of the experience that I was having. Some things came up that were super uncomfortable. A lot of that happened during my training um, almost a decade ago now. And um, I knew going into the work that I was doing, it was to help others heal as much as I had. And it gave me that opportunity to just kind of let everything out. And I showed up every single time to my training as a blank slate, no expectations, try to be as empty as possible. And, you know, it was a hard process going through that. I was like the one that cried almost every class. <laughs> um, uh -huh. And I let myself be. I let myself have an opportunity to create some kind of platform later on for people. Some part of me always knew that maybe I would have a studio um, or something where it was a healing place for people. But I also knew that it could be anywhere and that, that healing takes place in the vessel. So I just wanted people to feel safe. So through that process of teaching, I found ways in which that I was accessible to people, relatable to people. I never made it feel too hoo-hoo. It was just, here's a platform for you to shed weight or shed and express yourself, live yourself in your full potential um, and allow it to give you some purpose and truth so that when you're off your mat, you can feel grace, you can feel love, you can feel joy, you can feel passion, you can be driven to be your best self as much as you can show up for the world. Um, and, you know, through that process of awakening, I mean, even a, a private class that I had this morning, my, my student asked me, do you have a blueprint that you work from? And it was an interesting question because I don't really anymore. It is a very intuitive um, type of um, offering that I'm, I'm giving. And, um, you know, for the process, though, for myself and fully understanding and honoring what I was learning about this practice, there was a blueprint. There was a lot of pieces of paper all around the house stacked inside cabinets. I had to be alerted a lot where I was going so that I could stay on course. Um, and I think when we're going through a healing process, we have to have those reminders constantly around us to stay on track and then it becomes natural just like meditating on a walk versus feeling like I have to take a seat there's ways in which that it was incorporated very organically and very naturally into my life um, and I knew that I felt best when I was serving people so through the process of my own healing over the last you know eight plus years in being able to serve communities um, I I knew it was doing work for me too. And it was helpful to stay on course and stay in my passion. And then slowly after that, I'd always been curious about Ayurveda. But when I noticed that there are ways like with change of seasons, big for me was being a strong Pitta, transitioning to fall when it started to get cooler, dissipating that heat for myself was extremely important. Um, so this time of year is very prevalent for me to stay on course and balanced. Um, and I found mm -hmm. that the more that I learned about um, Ayurveda, the more that I was understanding myself. And I think to some degree, we all can stay in balance most of the time. I think it's you find a few niches that really work for you, that when you start to see things get a little out of whack, you immediately grab for that. And you mm -hmm. find that compliment and balance within yourself. But the more that I've even studied on Ayurveda, I have noticed that um, it's not so much a balance. We understand the imbalances of our life if we have a hormonal imbalance or, you know, we're having issues in our tummy or, you know, um, 
whatever it would be, your complexion, um, you're getting sick a lot. These are like the red flags that happen way later. It's like noticing just a little bit of an indifference a day and being able to not negotiate that and finding those ways to stay as centered as possible. So to me, even though I've studied it and I know that Ayurveda uses a lot of the word balance, to me, it's harmony. It's being able just to complement my day-to-day and what's being shown to me and what I need to do and just staying very compassionate and centered within myself um, and aware and attuned to the changes that go on day-to-day, seasonally, year-to-year. Every seven years, I find, is a huge change within the human makeup. So I, I definitely, the more that you're able to just kind of witness a little little something here and there, you're going to save yourself many problems later on. I hope that is a good answer on that, to bring that lightness, to bring, to bring clarity to the mind and the body and feel your best. Absolutely. And I find that um, this is the perfect time of year, you know, coming off autumn equinox, astrologically speaking, we move into Libra season, which is a sign of balance and finding inner harmony in the body. And um, Ayurveda is so, it, they blend together perfectly. They do. Just for the audience, could you kind of give your definition of what is Ayurveda for those who do not know? Okay. Yeah, I can. Um, well, let's put it this way. It's been around for like 3000 years. Um, it's one of like the oldest holistic whole body healing systems that we can offer. It is a beautiful complement to yoga um, because it allows us to balance too with our mind, body, spirit, and even our environment as well. I sometimes think that's forgotten. Um, it derives from Sanskrit. Um, Ayur meaning life and Veda meaning science or knowledge, depending on what you feel comfortable using. Um, so I transition it to the knowledge of life, um, knowledge of your own life. Um, and we base that knowledge on if there is dis-ease in the body, um, mind or spirit or environment. And so when we feel that imbalance, it can be in the form of like stress. It can be in the form of many different things. And to regain that, it's just our conscious behaviors, how we can encourage lifestyle to um, change some things and therapies for the bo- mind, body, spirit, and environment that can allow you to um, n- notice that interconnectedness of our body, our life force, um, and being able to eliminate any impurities or symptoms that cause um, a resistance or disease. Um, and in that process, I feel like there is that increase in harmony for life and decrease or reduce of worry or stress, anger or anything like that, where you would feel that, you know, using essential oils or plants or spices is, um, help and treatment as well as yoga and breath work and meditation, those kind of things. Uh Mm-hmm. And then do you offer for, if someone were to schedule an appointment with you, you would able be able to then tell them their dosha? Yeah, yeah, we do a consultation. And during that consultation, there is a lot of questions and paperwork that people fill out um, on the mind, which is ever changing. So I always remind people our constitution is our property, what our body makes up from the day we were born, like what elements make us who we are. And then from there, it's the mental constitution, the ever fluctuating season to season, day to day, life event from life event, and how we're dealing with it. So like when you think about emotions, it's just energy in motion, anything passes over time. The idea is that we want to reduce and clear as much as we can mentally, physically, emotionally, environmentally, as much as we can to feel that harmony. So when someone would come in and let's say that they were like, hey, I'm really tired. I'd work with them in their fatigue. I'd work through some yoga positions that would help them. I'd work them on some herbs and stuff. But first, you kind of have to eliminate. We got to get rid of the things that aren't serving us anymore in so many fashions to be able to get to the root of why you're so tired. Um, You know, a lot of people I find in the change of season have allergies or weak immunity. These are huge things that go on 
at this time of year and to make sure that we're not getting sick and allowing ourselves that that break in time to do the things that would help support the changes that we go through on a regular basis, but definitely during seasonal change, especially because our makeup is what is already in the earth anyway. And right. And so if you go with nature, you align with nature, things, things are much more cohesive and calm and in that harmony state. So I really believe it's really so important to tune into nature's rhythm and to tune into the body um, with mother nature. So coming off the autumn equinox and here we're into the season of autumn, summer, we were just saying that weather in Ohio changed drastically. Like one day it was 85 and then it wasn't, it was like 60. (laughs) So do you, go ahead. um, I was just going to ask, do you have any recommendations for, this time of year for the listeners to tap into, you know, to tune into the rhythm of nature, what could we do for our bodies? Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that kind of gets um, overlooked is the excess heat that is accumulated in our body from summer. Um, we're, we spend a lot of time going in the summertime. We're outside a lot and um, we can find it. And, and it was, again, it was abrupt this time. So I think a lot of people felt a little bit out of whack, like the last, I don't know, at least the last week, but maybe even longer. And some things that we can, we can do as far as like noticing, oh, I've accumulated this over the summer. This heat is causing me to have stiff joints, probably because we didn't stretch enough. We were very active, but our joints kind of took a toll. Um, I noticed even as we changed and it was abrupt with that heat to non-heat, um, like there was a little bit of inflammation in my feet. Like I felt it like the the top of my foot when I would wake up in the morning, it was a little tender. <gasps> I, I have the same thing. Really? Hmm. I was like that, telling my husband, what the hell is wrong with my foot? Yes. And this is the first time that I can say that I've recognized that like this year, but maybe because it was so drastic, like was it stiff joints, inflammation? So I just added some turmeric and I've definitely stretched a little bit more and hoping that will kind of suffice and we, we can be, I can feel more at ease, but it was, it's in it, it, it happened this morning and it happened a couple days ago and it happened like one day last week. So I definitely have noticed it. So I've just added some turmeric, hoping that'll help massage my feet, like using just a nice lotion on my feet. Um, I sometimes use herbs in my lotions and that's helpful. Um, Some people may have felt really irritable and angry, depleted and dryness from the season. I know when we would go to the beach and I'd come back home and my body would be so dry and then we'd be transitioning right away into fall. That was a huge imbalance that I noticed in myself. But then because of this, like these responses, then it can lead into infections, constipation, colds, any type of imbalance, and hopefully nothing too, too serious as far as a sickness goes. But we can allow ourselves just to kind of rejuvenate um, from use, you know, use of more of that fall love that we feel like the coziness that we can start. Um, And one of those is a nice centering practice. You know, like using yoga as a, a collective. I mean, and that's not just seasonal, but and it'll allow you to feel calm as you change into another season. Um, so that you can kind of keep that energy yet feel that peace with the change versus that irritableness or dryness. So I always say it's counteractive, it's counterintuitive. So if you have dry skin, you put lotion on it. If you're feeling angry, you know, maybe a cup of chamomile tea will kind of release you or sitting in a meditation and thinking about the things that you love. It doesn't have to be a lot. It's just, where are we putting our, where are we putting our energy towards? What are we concentrating on? Are we going to keep feeding the anger? Cause you're feeling miserable that the, the seasons changed or are you going to acknowledge, okay, I'm feeling angry right now. It's okay that I'm feeling this way, but how can I bring myself back to focus and witness myself? What kind of practice can I create? And I always find that anything cooling when it comes to anger. So even if it's food-based, so we find that we eat more cooling foods in the summer on purpose, cucumber, mm-hmm. salads versus warmer foods like cinnamon and um, clove. These are things that we just kind of find that entombment 
and allow ourselves to feel at peace with the changes. Um, and um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I do go back to the yoga. I think this time of year, especially with the releasing that we have to do, the detoxification, the letting go, those kind of feelings, it's really important to have a meditation and a, a yoga practice. Um, and I think even like a mantra, like maybe allowing yourself to say, you know, I feel love, I honor my body, so I'm going to respect it and eat well. Um, breath control, I really like alternative nostril breathing at this time. I think that's really suitable for this time of year. Um, think of it from anywhere to one to five minutes, uh, really could do a lot too. Um, that would be one of my favorites. Um, taking cooling postures and yoga where you're opening your side bodies. I did a lot of work last week that way where like triangle pose, um, more moon salutes versus sun salutes to kind of deplete that heat so that we can feel a little bit more nourished. And then as we come into more of like that fall um, position in our lives, now that it is a little bit cooler, once that heat, you feel like that heat's been dissipated, you feel more calm, you're not irritated, your skin feels nourished, you know, like think about the things like going to bed a little bit earlier, taking that ex extra time to rest, a little bit more self-care at the end of the day. Um, you know, um, I, I'm, I would say along the lines of it being cooler in the morning now, your afternoon walks, getting out and getting some sun um, to keep yourself from not getting sick, limit your sugar, your caffeine, your alcohol. We're in a, we're coming into a, a vata season, so that increases and it's very mobile. Vata is very mobile and it allows us to be more vulnerable. So taking that extra care so that we don't get sick is like fundamental. Uh, lots of vegetables this time of year too. Like summer is more of a fruit. You want a little bit more of that dense food that helps you. Um, I'm big on this. I was big on this before Ayurveda. And I was like, huh, that's cool that I can just listen to my body that way. Cover your ears, cover your neck. When you're outside and the winds are heavy, even when it gets cold, that helps a lot with that vata brain activity, that irritability, um, not being able to pick up anything, um, allowing yourself to kind of close off those areas on the body that are, um, can be exposed, um, grounding work, being outside. I mean, I think earthing all year long, <laughs> but definitely when you think of like mountain pose and those strong warrior poses, those kind of things, forward bends, those are really helpful. Um, I did mention Nadi showed na alternative nostril breathing. And anything that can warm your body, too, once that heat's been dissipated. I, I say that a, a lot. Like today felt warmer, so I actually had a hibiscus tea, which is more summery. But two days ago, I had a mushroom tea when it was cold. Uh -huh. So finding that counterbalance as well, you know, so I wouldn't have a ginger tea today. If I put ginger in my, in my soup today or anything, I would feel hot all day long. And I'd know it. Mm -hmm. I've learned from experience, <laughs> like not a good idea. <laughs> But, you know, being that we're coming into that Vata season, once that heat's been dissipated, you can encourage those spices, those warms, those loving, nurturing type of scents and, and herbs. Um, yeah. Like, I think for me, I've always listened to my body. Um, so I only can drink, like, even, in, even if I'm laying at the pool all day in the summer, my water is still, like, room temperature. It, I really am not a cold water person. I highly recommend that for digestion purposes. Um, I, I would say like there's different, like based on your dosha, your primary dosha, unless you're all three, there's only a certain amount of water that you truly need to take in because you're getting water. Yes. In the form of tea, but in your cucumbers or in any types of vegetables that you're having, any soups you're eating, all those kind of things, anything that we're taking in that had, that is natural has some form of liquid. So yes, we want that purification of water, um, you know, especially in the morning, you know, any impurities that kind of settled while we slept, um, you know, having a nice warm glass of water in the morning. A lot of people will put lemon or lime in there depending on their dosha. Mm -hmm. I have steered away actually from putting lemon. Um, I'm not a big straw drinker and I feel like the, even though it, um, 
isn't acidic in the belly after it enters. I feel like it, it has definitely done some work and enamel on my teeth. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to take care of that. Um, anything acidic that you drink is like teas, wine, anything that's acidic is definitely going to take a toll on the teeth. So I've stopped using lemon, but I'll definitely put it and like sprinkle it on my food. So I, I have that, um, that nice acidic for my digestion, but warm water in the morning and, you know, room temperature during the day suffices and it keeps your Agni um, lit. And, and that's very important to digest our lives, not just what we're eating. Can you explain what Agni is for the audience? Yeah, it's digestive fire. It's the way that we process our food and process life. And so if we have like a weak immunity, it means our Agni is not strong. And it is, it's just a digestive fire. It's how you're taking in and processing anything that you put in your body through what you see, through what you eat, through everything. Um, and I think the most important part is that presence in mind, body, spirit. It's allowing yourself to come in, attuning to what's around you, what you're putting in your body, what you're putting on your body, what you're watching on TV. And how we digest things is when we have a strong fire. And a lot of that is beneficial to breath work in yoga, um, as well as certain, uh, certain postures that help in digestion. Those kind of things help us eliminate. And again, that purification process. When I think of like when I've done cleanses at the studio and cleanses with myself, it's kind of like a reboot. I think of on a day-to-day basis, it's important to have some form of release. Just like if, what if you held in a bowel movement all day long, that would be extremely uncomfortable. And it's important to eliminate every day. Um, That energy has to come out and feeling space, allowing space back into the body to replenish and restore and renew. Um, And when you think about that in anything that we're doing, if you really think about it, the elimination, let it go. What can come in that can help you grow? It's like, it's a, it's a simple process, but sometimes just goes unnoticed. If we're too frantic in the mind or we're too busy or we're not paying attention to something that's like, you know, not feeling right in our bodies. And then over time it becomes a disease. So one of the ways Ayurveda has helped me is because I was having some problems and finding out what my dosha was and then balancing my body really helped me heal. So can okay. you explain what a dosha is to the audience? And then we can kind of get into a little bit of the types just to help people understand. Yeah. Um, so when you think about your dosha, it's your prakriti. It's the elemental makeup of the body. So like all of us have all the elements, um, you know, of the earth, uh, you know, space, our ether, however you want to call it, air, fire, water, earth. And some of us have more earth and some of us have more air and some of us have more fire. I usually take those three as the big ones because um, when you think of a kappa state, it's more water and earth. And then when you think of a pitta state, it's more fire and water. And then a vata state is more air and space or ether. So that's why when I said we're coming into this fall time of year, it is more of that airier time. You know, everything's falling off. It's dying. Um, Trees, you know, the leaves, all that kind of stuff. So there isn't much moisture in the air. You know what I mean? We're coming into more of those cooling places. So when you think about the elements in the body, Some people have more earth tendencies or have more earthy um, ways about their body. And like there's certain ways in which when we think about how we're made up, like each has a really great side of them and each has where we have to strive or work harder to keep that balance. So let's just use Kappa as an example. That is made up of basically earth and water. So there's a density. Usually people that are, um, have more of kapha properties, especially with the way that they look, they have very full, luscious hair. It may be curly. It may be thick. Um, their skin is soft and really supple and, you know, barely wrinkle. Um, they're more curvier. They have, um, they're more like, um, 
fuller shaped in the body. But also then if you think about it, let's just say you have Vata qualities as a body, but you have um, Kapha tendencies where you're a gift giver or you like to cook for people or you're always checking up on your best friend to make sure that they're doing okay, especially if they had like a job interview or something like that. That would be Kapha qualities. Where we find that that could be an imbalance would be stagnant, um, depression, um, not wanting to change. You'll find usually Kappa people have lived in the same state all their life and maybe one or two houses. Like they don't like change, but they're super organized and super loving and very nurturing. But there's ways in which you can get stuck in that where like a, a Kappa person should have more of those power classes versus the yin but we like what we like. So we don't want to go to the opposite. Uh-huh. And same thing like with Pitta being that it's a water and fire. Most of the time you think of Pitta, it's like, it is your digestion time of day. Um, so you think about the way that we, there's two cycles where Pitta comes up. It's when we're sleeping. So it's aiding in allowing our body to repair. And, and it's in the stage of life where when you're pretty young, um, not young, young, like birth to like early 20s, but like 20 to 40 is your pitta state. And then when you get older, you're more in that vata state where your bones are more brittle, those kind of things. So when you think about pitta people, they've got, you know, bright blue eyes and um, usually red hair or um, blonde hair, and it can be fine. Um you know, they have a tendency maybe to break out in acne. They get hot very quickly. Um, they can be angry people, but they're very driven. Um, they're like the medium sized build when you think about them. Um, you know, there's qualities in each one that are positive and give us attributes that make us that. There's a lot of times I'll even look at people and I'll be like, oh, I can tell at least by your hair, skin, eyes, you know, the shape of your eyes. Like usually people that are Pitta people have really fine, like um, almond shaped eyes, um, piercing looks, like you can be very piercing in your eyes. And then Vata qualities, usually you're pretty tall, pretty slender, lot, even if you're short too, you have really fine bones. Um, you know, like it, it kind of goes with it. Like you sometimes can space out really easy. It takes a lot to do f- as far as grounding work with Vata's, um, very slender. Um, you know, like there's certain qualities that I would say that make a Vata, um, very creative and like they're ones that like are the life of the party and they feel like very, um, 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 drawn to more like arts and music and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it, it, something that would be an imbalance for them, they could space out pretty easily. It's hard to keep them nurtured and grounded. Um, you know, those kind of things. And even like with a pizza, they can get angry. Their irritability can, can come in pretty quickly if they're off balance. I hope that gives like kind of like a general, um, you know, description of doshas. But we all have them all. So even at certain stages in our lives or certain times a year, even though I'm not a vata, my vata can get disturbed because there is still a sliver of me that has those qualities. Um, And so if, and it's the easiest to get out of whack because it's the most mobile where Uh it's hard to get, once you're in that, that kappa, that deep depression, that's harder to get out of. But if you find that your vata is a little off, like you're feeling spacey one day, or you're just like, gosh, I can't concentrate. That's vata tendencies. Um, and that that's easier to regulate and pull back on versus if I've already gotten more imbalance coming into more of those stagnant feelings um, of imbalance. And we do. You'll, you'll notice, like, that's why I say it's very important for me this time of year to really regulate my heat. Otherwise, my pizza can be out, out of balance very quickly. Um, and then I have to watch also being, you know, because I'm mostly pizza, a little bit of that kapha buildup in the winter. I have to keep moving. I have to take the dog for a walk. I could easily just sit, you know, and it wouldn't uh-huh. be good for me. Um, so when you think about the, the five elements that people are made up of, um, we all have it in our bodies. Like when we think of things like space, it is like our large intestines, our ears, 
um, some of our larger organs, like our skin, that's more of that space in our body. Um, and then this gets a little bit deeper here. You know what I'm saying? Like we could go in pretty deep where you think about like the air qualities in our bodies, the way we move, our respiration, passing gas, like things like that, cracking in our joints. Um, and then when you think about fire, it's a lot to do with our small intestines, our stomach, our blood. Um, so like if you find that some of these qualities that I'm speaking on, these elements, maybe where you have that imbalance or in not having the harmony in the body. Um, when you think about the water, uh, um, the blood, digestive juices like your saliva, mucus, those kind of things. And then the earth really it's kind of easy, our tissue, muscle fibers, bones, those kind of things. So let's just say you have brittle bones, like that would be an you know, something that you'd have to take care of so you don't have osteoporosis when you get older. We just all have tendencies based on these elements in our bodies where we have strong attributes and where we have weak ones. And it's so important to find out what yours is and tune into the body so that you can find that balance and harmony in the body. I remember when I was first learning about Ayurveda, um, I have a book where it shows like all the different uh, markings on the tongue. Ah, yes. (laughs) You can look at people's tongues and like say, oh, you have too much heat in the body. Oh, you have air, you know, in your intestines. We had like people over for dinner and says like, let me see your tongues. (laughs) It's almost like that's such a personal thing to ask people. But yes, it is. You you see so much based on someone's tongue, even trauma history. You can find it on the tongue based on like there's lines that go on our tongue, how deep they are, how long they are. You could see a lot about a person based on their tongue. So when we go to the dentist, they they know it all. I'm sure it would be fascinating if you were a dentist and an Ayurveda practitioner or specialist or something, because that would be they'd be able to formulate everything. One, two, three. Right. But most of them are probably not. And they should be. That would be amazing. No, but it would be cool to have that opportunity to have a dentist that would be able to read your mouth and, you know what I mean? Like, that would be cool. Uh So I think it's so important right now just for everyone to find balance in the body. Mm -hmm. What does a session with you look like? Um, Obviously, you're going to ask a lot of questions to kind of formulate what is their dosha. Yeah. Um, And again, a series of questions. And sometimes I find that people just don't know. So I always say, ask someone who's been with you for a long time, like a parent or a sibling or your husband, because sometimes people fall off and say, well, I used to have, you know, thick hair, but now that I'm aging and they'll go based on that. I always say, just go back to the root and the way that you were before to be able to really calculate your dosha properly. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, that sometimes can get thrown off and then people seem tridoshic where they have all three. There are people who have tridoshic qualities where you're all three and that's really hard to be in a harmony state. I will admit that working with people that have all three, it is hard because you have to kind of suit all three at the same time versus nurture one or another, or maybe just one. So it does make it a little bit harder. But, um, you know, when you go through a process with me, it is, it's a consultation. Why are you here? Like, what are you feeling? What are your symptoms? You know, and then ways in which that practices, daily practices that can help you get out of that situation that feels of an imbalance. And, you know, there's clients that I've been working with for a couple years now, and we're finding breakthrough. It does not happen overnight. There are things that make you feel better. There are things that are easily removed. But there are some things that are, you know, a little bit hard, you know, like, let's just say you have, I don't know, um, anxiety, and you've had it all your life. You know, that's a Vata quality. And if you already are a Vata person, and you've been a Vata person all your life, and you've been anxious all your life, it's not something that a few sessions are going to clear up. But let's just say that you have gas issues as a Vata. That's very, that's, you know, there's some herbs that can help. So we got to look at it like for face value. Some of the things are very easily um, rectified, especially with it being seasonal or morning routines, you know, just keep you stable. Um, 
you know, that, those would be some things that we would talk about. Um, foods that we can incorporate. Yoga, breath work, meditation. I always, no matter what, and I even do an infusion when you do private work with me. It's a yoga and Ayurveda infusion. I, the, the two complement each other and they both are needed. So I, I like to, and especially obviously having the background in both, I incorporate both. And I base classes based on being a vata. You know, like, I'm not going to move you around all crazy. I need to ground you. So there's mm-hmm. different ways in which that I tailor the class based on what you personally need. And then your, your, your makeup, your property. And that, and, you know, a lot of times I'll meet with people um, once a month, once a week, twice a month, you know, um, seasonally just to like kind of do a reboot. It just depends on where someone's at in their life and what they can afford and, you know, what, how much they want to put their, their efforts towards certain things like weight gain or, you know, I don't know anything. I mean, the list is is pretty, pretty long. Yes. And this is the perfect time of year. We're still in the early, you know, it's only been a week from Equinox, I believe. Yeah. So it's still a perfect time to incorporate all these new habits and to honor the body. I know for me, as soon I'm like warm water and soup, my body automatically craves the, you know, the warmth. Um, It just, and I've always wondered why did, if you think about why does my body naturally want this? It's because it's in tune with the season and it's changing and that's what you need. Yep. Very much so. And the more that we listen to that and buying seasonal vegetables, buying seasonal fruit. Um, and I like to do it kind of month by month even. Um, I think that helps to like certain foods that I eat. Um, but then, you know, it's still incorporating maybe something back from August, like those melons and stuff like that, even though apples are more in season and, and you know, those kind of things. Like you kind of gravitate towards kind of what you need. And maybe you're feeling like you're lacking vitamin D or vitamin C. So you go for, you know, your body will let you know. Like if you're lacking potassium, you might be craving bananas or potatoes. We kind of have to look for for that. But if you are, if there's so much that's just cluttered, you're not going to know what you need, when and how. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're eating improper foods all the time, like I'm not saying to people like, you know, there are things that, and enjoy them, but use discretion with them, especially during seasonal changes. Eat like on this whole week. I had for lunch, I made a vegetable like barley and um, like um, bean soup, like a, there was split pea in it, lentil. And um, it was high in fiber, good vegetables, water content, but I still put zucchini in it because that's nice from the summer. Um, I didn't put any potatoes in it. I didn't feel like that was a vegetable that I needed, but there were carrots and some onions and a little garlic and celery. And, you know, it just kind of, it it was awesome, but my body knew it was having it every day this week for lunch. So it's like a slight mono eating where I was getting ample amount of food, a mixture of food, but the same thing at the same time each day that helps regulate our systems. And then it's not complex. What I had for mornings was some mornings when it was cold, I had my oatmeal and I warmed up some, some strawberries and placed some ghee and the strawberries on top. But I didn't add all the extras like the cinnamon and all that yet. So it was still warming breakfast, but still like more of that seasonal fruit that came from summer. So it's really is about tailoring things that you enjoy and, and, and working with them. And then other days, Maybe I skipped a breakfast or I ate a little bit later, like just a couple slices of an apple or something along those lines. So I think just in tuning and really listening and, and creating a pathway that feels right to you is really important. But getting that clearing out to make those conscious decisions, very co- collective and very in tuning to the body is what really truly does it. And so when you come in for an Ayurveda session, a lot of that is that clearing, that detoxing, that getting rid of, so that you can feel more of that harmony and attunement to really what you need. And then you don't need me anymore. 
Like that's a huge part. That's a huge part in my process as an Ayurveda specialist. I don't want you to be with me forever. I'd want you to come visit me and we do, you know, checkups and, and tune ups. But the idea is that if you're having an issue with weak immunity and it took us a whole year to get you really where you needed and you're feeling great, you don't need to come back. Maybe it is a seasonal tune up. Like let's check in. How are you feeling? What's going on? Those kind of things. I think that's the most important is that we can, I'm here to help you, but you're here to heal you. Like, I don't want you to be in a, in a, you know, in a disharmony. I want you to feel invigorated and feel great. Your complexion looks good. You're not depressed. You're digesting life. You're not having elimination problems. These are important things that Sometimes people get so used to it because they've been doing it forever that until they stop or they see change, then they realize, wow, this really helped. Yes. And it's so important to have the body be in harmony because when it is not, that is when the dis-ease or disease happens. Yes. Absolutely. Especially this time of year in a season of change, a season of like, we're all at this time of release right now. So I highly recommend scheduling a session or, you know, just looking at your habits and the foods that you're eating and really taking time to tune into the body. Yeah. And I do say eliminate some of those things that can put us in a predicament, sugars, alcohol, um, just for a little bit of time, you know, just so that your body is in its natural rhythm. And we're not throwing it off um, too much. I think that's really important just to kind of give yourself that, that entunement that you know that you're going to need for these wintery months coming ahead. And then, then it allows us to be focused and heightened awareness and feeling if we're a little off and doing the things that we need to to help that. Right. And even like for me, I can't give up coffee. I'm not there yet. I've supplemented with some mushroom coffee to help ground, but then like I'll put some cinnamon in my coffee to kind of give it that to help it <laughs> make me feel better <laughs> for drinking it. <laughs> no, I know. And it's okay. And when I say, cause I've even told people there's nothing wrong with caffeine, but if you're having eight cups of coffee a day, then there's an issue. Yeah. If you're yeah. having a couple times a week, something that is a little bit more on the sugary side. Great. If you're going out with your girlfriend and you're laughing wholeheartedly and having a, a couple glasses of wine. Great. These are things that are still like enjoyable. We can't not enjoy it, but day-to-day living, you know what I'm saying? Like when we, we take that 80, 20 or 90, 10 rule, that's what's really important. Otherwise then we're putting ourselves in a vulnerable state and we're wrecking our, our hormones, our immunity, all those things. So I think there's always that happy medium. And I totally agree with you. I think if you were and, and if you, if that's the way you center in over a cup of coffee, um, why would I want to take that away from you? But if you're, you're using your coffee to keep you alive at three o'clock in the afternoon, there'd be other substitutes that we could create that would, that would suffice and be better for your body. Absolutely. Yeah. So I say drink I'm, coffee, have the glass of wine, but do it in a state where you know that you're still in tune with yourself and you're enjoying what you're doing. Yes, Absolutely. I am so grateful for you being on today and taking time to just be on the podcast and share all of your wisdom. I hope that the audience like looks into their dosha schedules an appointment with you because it is life changing when you find that out and then you start to dig deeper and look at the seasons. And like you said, every seven years, things change in the body Mm -hmm. Um, to really explore that is magical. Yeah. And I always say start with self-care. That's how I got into it. Um, all of the ways in which that I could nurture my body and and keep me feeling vital. And I thought, and especially being a pitta, that's number one, we should have self-care. And there's been many a times where I've fallen off that wagon and had to get myself back on there. But I would say, you know, um, start with the self-care so you feel like you're nurturing yourself and you're giving yourself um, love and then go from there. Because I do think that once we find things in ways that which makes us feel good inside, then we're going to want to crave and look a little bit deeper and feel passionate about it and see other ways that we can take care of ourselves. Yeah. And self-care is so huge right now. I know I, I am the same. I'm a kapha pitta, pitta kapha. So I, that's my struggle. Mm -hmm. 
and finding the time as a mother and a wife and just like you said at the beginning here like you know like you it you there has to be a balance somewhere within that you know like even my daughter asked me yesterday can you pick me up from school and i really thought about it and i was like i can't i go maybe mm-hmm. next week i can but i i had i had too much on my plate and i just knew there was another way that, for her to get home so i opted out not so that i had that 20 minutes myself And I think it's vital, you know, like if you can carve out just a little bit of time weekly, daily and monthly for yourself, you're better connected to all the people you love anyway. I know when I'm, I'm off, I do get short, Mm -hmm. I do get irritable. And I know that for me, that self-care has to be number one. It's my rhythm in life and it makes us feel better. That's beautiful. I love it. Um, I know I, we need to wrap up now, but I wanted to ask, um, is there any other message you'd like to share with the audience members? Um, I don't think so. I think, you know, I would love to see maybe some new people coming into Blue Moon. Um, we're located off of Pearl Road in Strongsville. Um, we've been there for a decent amount of time. Lovely ladies, lovely gentlemen, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives. Uh, friendships have been made there. Um it's a beautiful community, so I love to maybe, um, you know, meet some some new people. We do have a new student special. It's thirty days for forty nine. You can come in for an unlimited amount of classes and get a feel for our studio. Um, you know, um, Reiki is available for private work, um, chakra healing, um, sound therapy, Ayurveda, private yoga as well, um, and we look forward to it. You know, can you let listeners know where they can find you? I will also copy all the information in the show notes, but just so you can share, um, like your website, your social media. Oh, sure. Um, we're blue moon yoga studio com. Um, we're on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, we're located off of Pearl road, um, right by, um, Leslie pools at one, four, five, three, two Pearl road. Um, did I miss anything else? Is that what you... Do you have an Instagram that you'd like me to share? Or... Yeah, it's it's Blue Moon Yoga Studio. Um, and same thing on, on Facebook. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I'm very, again, very grateful for you sharing your knowledge of just like the season change and Ayurveda. I really appreciate it. And I hope the listeners um, took a lot away from it because you shared a lot of amazing things. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me too. I'm glad that we were able to land and get this out there to the public. And I look forward to other opportunities with you again, Amber. Yes. All right. Have the most lovely day. And remember everyone, when you awaken you, you remember you. Namaste. Namaste.